We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. But also, we've got Halloween coming up. And I want to bring on Matt Pajeski here, board operator extraordinaire, because you've been sharing with me some pictures. You're you you do Halloween in a bigly fashion at the Pajeski household. Yeah, I can't take all the responsibility for it, but uh, it's mostly my mom and my dad's creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it gets bigger every every single year. This year now there is a uh, like a rusty gate in front of the yard. There's a fence that lines the yard now. Things up on the roof, things in the trees, things on the flagpole. There's there's not a there's not a blank square inch mm. uh, on the house. Well, you're showing me pictures and. This is like the quality that you would see in a Halloween contest. Yeah. Have you guys ever entered a contest? No, we, we haven't really figured that out. We I, we know there's lists out there, but we haven't really figured out how to get on these on these lists or well, in these contests. You need to. And then what happens is if you get on the contest, what you do is is you put out a mailbox and you say donations, and you can turn this into a revenue generator. Now, here's what you do. You tell your parents... You're going to take care of all of it, and then you get to keep the cash. Oh, okay. See, that's how that works. Yeah. So you you could turn this into a money-making machine here, and for that fantastic advice, I'm only going to charge you 33% oh, as a fee. Okay. So all the cash that comes in the box, you know, just give me a third of it, and we'll just call it even. All right. That sounds like a plan to me. All right. That sounds fantastic. Um, but uh, also, since it's National Pumpkin Day, and the Pajeskis do Halloween in a bigly fashion. Uh, you, are you like pumpkin? Is that a good flavor for you? Bad um, flavor for you? Do you yeah, carve pumpkins? We carve pumpkins. I like the pumpkin spice coffees. Those are always do. good. Uh, pumpkin spice donuts. Those are good. Uh, right. I, I, I don't like I, I had some pumpkin spice Cheerios the other day. Ooh, that, that was a bit much. That was, that's where I draw the line. Ooh. Pumpkin spice Cheerios. <laughs> Yeah. Who, who thought that was a good idea? Well, they were in the house, so, so apparently my mom thought they were a good idea because they were in the house. Yeah, well, they, and nobody ate them but you, and now they're going to be there next year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I might have eaten last year, now that I think about it. <laughs> That's right. They could have been there, and you didn't even notice it. My, my mother-in-law makes the best pumpkin pie, all right? And I asked her one year, I said, what makes your pumpkin pie so good? Because it's better than any other pumpkin pie I've ever had. And she, like, looks both ways to make sure no one's looking. And I thought, oh, we're going to get some secret ingredient here. And she uses half the amount of pumpkin that you're supposed to use. Oh. And I, I said, no, it can't be that simple. She said, yeah, I just use any pumpkin pie recipe, and I just half the amount of pumpkin, and that's the secret. I, said, I, I, I didn't know that. So that wow. Mean, that means you don't like pumpkin, then. Well, if, if I do like pumpkins, less. but it's just... It, with, with pumpkin pie, it can be overwhelming, yeah. and when you cut it in half, you still taste it, but it's 
It's not slappy on the side of the face. Yeah, it's a it's hint of pumpkin. Exactly, exactly. It becomes more intriguing instead of overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, try that uh, uh, half the pumpkin, and and that works. Also, you mentioned I talked to you about this right before the show. My when I was growing up in Southern Illinois, uh, we we didn't do Halloween decorations. But one year I got inspired, and uh, as I told you before the show, my bedroom in my house was on the second floor of. Wait, I just got a text in. I was 30, she was 12. Brad Young, oh, wait. No, that was Biden. Okay. (laughs) Lots of texts coming in. So keep those texts coming in. So, no, so I took some fishing wire and I ran a line from my bedroom in my house to a telephone pole across the street. And so when the kids were walking down, I I had a ghost on a hanger and I would let that sucker loose and I was playing scary music out of my bedroom window, and I would target those kids with this ghost flying down. And, uh, you know, I see, I, I actually got some kids running away screaming, and that was the highlight of my childhood. So uh, I'm surprised I didn't, didn't get arrested uh, for assault and battery because I think that might fit the bill, but uh, I would have represented myself even in high school. Hey, we're going to take a break here because speaking of Halloween— Coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, you're going to want to stick around for this, folks. Trust me, this is not an empty plug here. We're going to be talking to paranormal expert Dr. Michael Lynch. I love Dr. Michael Lynch. Uh, He's usually on talking about UFOs, but tonight I'm going to have him talking about ghosts in the St. Louis area. He is a paranormal expert, uh, self-titled and uh, and you'll we'll get into some of that in the show in the nine o'clock hour. Uh, I disagree with him on lots of things, but I love his presentation of information. So stick around for that. But after this break, we're going to talk to political expert Anthony Russo on how the political polls have changed over the past few weeks and what to expect from the upcoming election. Brad Young at your service on Camo X. Don't go away. We will be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young sitting in this evening and... Reading political polls, I think, is is about as challenging as reading tea leaves sometimes. There's so many polls, so many projections, and, and so little clarity. So to, to bring some clarity to this political confusion, I reached out to political analyst Anthony Russo. He's a St. Louis native, Parkway West graduate. 
uh, you know, go Longhorns. And he now lives in Texas. And he's also the host of the new podcast, Blunt Force Discussion. And he's also the founder. I mean, this guy's got a resume longer than George H.W. Bush. He's also the founder of Be the Change, uh, hashtag Be the Change Clothing. So, Anthony, thanks so much for coming back here with us on KMOX. See, I gave you too much information. Parkway Central. Let's not get Oh, into it's Parkway, Parkway Central. West. Oh, okay. but you know what? Honestly, I, I said I, I didn't like my high school. So I was a Parkway. I liked playing baseball at Parkway North. But it, you know what? I'll forgive you. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You said Parkway. <laughs> and, of course, I, I jumped to Parkway West. You're good. You're fine. All right. That's great. Well, uh, political trends. I wanted to get into some of these details <laughs> with you because so much what we hear on the mainstream media is just the headlines with, with no further analysis. And that's why I love talk radio, because we have the time to dive deep into some of these topics. And and political trends usually dictate that the party who controls the White House usually does poorly in the midterm elections. But after the Supreme Court decision in Dobbs uh, earlier this year overturning Roe versus Wade, all the polls kind of suggested that maybe the Democrats were going to buck that trend. And then the polls started changing again. So where do we stand right now, Anthony Russo, two weeks out from the election? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it's this is a weird one because it was almost like the uh, movie The Fast and the Furious. Did the Democrats use their knots too early by going hard on the Roe versus Wade Dobbs decision? And then, you know, you've got messaging, you've got you've got the economic sentiment starting to move towards the Republican side again. And then you've got Lindsey Graham pushing the issue. And I know that the uh, that the economy is the bar none, the number one issue. But when you've got an issue like Dobbs and like Roe versus Wade that could move things by two to three or four, even even four percent per state, you have to actually look at it because that's what matters. I think the sentiment in this country with the economy being so important and with the Biden administration failing in a lot of ways, the popular vote is starting to swing towards the Republicans. Does that matter in the midterms? Absolutely not. It matters zero. The red states are becoming redder and the blue states are staying the same. The question becomes state by state issues. And now you look Mm -hmm. at the messaging of the Republicans and Lindsey Graham deciding to make this bonehead decision a couple weeks ago and saying that we're going to look for a federal 15-week ban on abortion. That completely disintegrates the whole point that we find we managed to message our way out of saying that this is a state issue, and then he tries to make it some kind of federal law. And that, that to me, is a bonehead move. It, so it was. To summarize, yeah, to summarize, here we are two weeks, two weeks out, and it's all about three states. Can we flip? Uh, Pennsylvania, I think, will stay red after we saw what happened with Fetterman last night. Yes. So can Arizona is the question. Uh, you got Arizona can carry Lake, you know, drag them through the finish line. Uh, you've got Georgia and then Nevada. Those three. Can we get one to the Senate? That's well, the question. Yeah. And you mentioned these states. And that was actually one of the things I was going to ask you about, Anthony, because it seems like I, I, I watch the evening news uh, every night and it seems like the focus is almost exclusively on Pennsylvania and Georgia. That's what I hear 90 percent of the discussion about in those two states. But yet aren't Nevada and Arizona just as important, if not more important, uh, in terms of who controls the Senate? Yeah, absolutely. Each one, I think they bear equal importance. Can you get one? Uh, Pennsylvania, I think, last night finally put to bed the question. I, I don't think a sane, even a, a sane leftist voter, the worst they they should do is not show up. Will that make a huge difference? No. Will it make two to four percent difference? Yes, which is enough to make sure Oz wins in uh, in 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 Pennsylvania. And I think that 
seeing how weak Fetterman is that activates those voters. But then you got to look at these three other states. And it, what, all it takes is one. I don't think there will be any other potential Senate flip. So you got to look. Can, can they win Nevada? Uh, I don't know. Can they win Georgia? At this point, that October surprise was pretty fierce. I don't know. Uh, and then you've got Nevada, Arizona, and what am I thinking of the other one? Help me out. Uh, What's the third? We're talking Georgia, about uh, Nevada, Nevada, Arizona, Arizona Georgia, Georgia and Pennsylvania. Sorry. I keep going. I keep circling the states. So Nevada, Arizona, and Georgia. That's the question. Can can you take one? Herschel Walker was on a one-way train to winning, and then that October surprise hurt him. So it it really is. Can Kerry Lake carry Masters across the line? That's that's this, the, the the ongoing question. I think one state will give. So I do think it will be a, a Republican uh, victory in the long run. And, and you talked about uh, the issues that are of most importance to to voters this year. And you already mentioned, obviously, the economy, the economy, the economy, but also crime and immigration, at least on, on the polling data that I've read, are also important issues in this election. Which is why I think Arizona, even though it's showing a, uh, a little bit of a, a tough road ahead in the next couple weeks for Masters, um, I think that, that is, Arizona is the state that I'd be most curious. Carrie Lake is absolutely on fire. She is. she is killing the game right now. And I think that her popularity, more so than even than Kemp, because I feel like Herschel Walker is hurting Kemp more than helping. And I think that Carrie Lake in Arizona could drag that across the line with the immigration issue. Immigration is a huge deal in California. Californians don't necessarily care as much. Texas and Arizona. That's what I'm going to that's really what I'm going to be watching is can the immigration issue and the crime issue uh, make make Arizona a a surprise victory uh, out there. We're uh, we're talking to political analyst Anthony Russo, host of the new podcast, Blunt Force Discussion. And Anthony, I I firmly believe and I said this earlier in the year uh, that that whoever leaked the Supreme Court decision in the Dobbs case in the spring, it was done to favor Democrats. Now, we don't know who the leaker is or how it happened, but I, I firmly believe that. But it might and I guess this is my question. Might it be the case that by leaking this in the spring, instead of allowing the decision to come out as it would have at the end of June, perhaps that the Democrats peaked too early on their rage because the rage started in the spring instead of in June? Could that explain why that surge peaked early and it's now actually hurting the Democrats? Absolutely. And that's kind of like that whole philosophy of the they use the NOS too early, like it, it, Somebody was feeling frisky, and the <laughs> fact that there's only 56 people that it could be between, I think that was the number, and they mm-hmm. still have not outed who it is, is, is mind-boggling. Did they use it too early? Absolutely. The problem is, <laughs> as we can see with, with the new polling numbers and with CNBC's polling numbers, again, polls are hard to look at, a 46% approval rating up from 36% it is worse. That's shocking that he's gone up 10%. The, the marketing and the messaging behind the Democrat Party is something that is is I it's impressive. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. And they peaked too early with the abortion issue. Lindsey Graham set them up to have another, you know, peel off a half of a percent of votes with this with this federal plan. Uh, but, yeah, they used the abortion thing too early. Somebody was thinking that they were being smart with it. And, uh, yeah, that that I, I don't think is playing an issue. The issue is how is the American public looking at our economy and thinking that things are okay. 
and thinking mm-hmm. they, they're saying the Republicans will do better, but they're still saying things aren't that bad based on the polls that we're seeing when they are that bad. This is how things happen. This is how bad uh, recessions start. Even the, uh, the centrist-ish magazines like the Forbes and uh, uh, the, the, all, uh, all the things that analyze the stock market, we're seeing that things are headed one way, one way train to a recession, if not already in one. But they've been able to, to market to the American public or the left because they are owning that kind, their, their audience with their marketing and their uh, media, that they're able to essentially create a gigantic lie that things are just fine. Biden's saying whatever he wants on television about the economy and people are just eating it up like, oh, that's the truth. No, it's, mm. it's actually not the truth. Yeah, I, I, th- I thought it was interesting that Bloomberg, of course, Bloomberg. started by Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg, said that there is a 100 percent chance of a recession within the next nine months. Uh, that doesn't give any leeway for wiggle room, a hundred percent chance. The only question is going to be how severe it is. And if there is a recession, I mean, we, we've been looking at how the economy affects the midterms, Anthony Russo. But if this recession goes into 2023 and 2024, this could actually be an issue for the next presidential race. Oh, by far. And, 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 you know, it's one of those ones. This election means more than any other. And we, we say that last midterm as well, but I think this one is just the same. This midterm means more than any other midterm in history, because if we don't take over both sides, they are going to this is going to pillage the hopes of the Republicans in 2024, because when you own the media, they will make sure to blame everything that doesn't get done on either on well, most likely the House. They'll say, well, the House was impeding progress. So if we don't have both and the ability to actually change up some of the rules with big tech and allowing for censorship and mm-hmm. allowing us to, to actually have our voice, the, the, the spiral that will cause going into the 2024 election will come from so many different angles. It'll be very dangerous, which is why it is polling. We have to ignore and just everybody that has one complaint against the Biden administration and the current state of affairs has to get off their butt and go vote. Now, I, I got to tell you, Anthony, I've got a good friend of mine from law school. Uh, he's as liberal as I am conservative. We have lunch together once a month and we just argue for the entire hour and we walk out laughing and just we have the best time. And I, we always make bets and we bet on who's going to buy the chicken wings next time. And I bet him chicken wings and I bet they, I made this bet in the spring. Uh, I bet him lunch of chicken wings uh, that the Republicans would take over the Senate. I was getting kind of nervous about my bet over the summer. I'm feeling a little better about it now, but I want to put you on the spot here. Am I going to have to buy chicken wings or is my progressive buddy going to be buying chicken wings for me? Is is a 50-50 split a draw or what is it? Because I I think that ultimately I think if I were to bet, it would be a 50-50 again. I think things stay the same, which means a Democrat majority. Right. That means I'm I'm buying wings, Anthony. Come Uh, on. I think I'm just having this exact conversation at the dinner (laughs) I'm at right now. I would say it's it's 55-45. That's how not not the numbers, but 55%, 45% that it goes either way. So it's so close. You know what? I, just for the sake of chicken wings, by the way, that's my favorite food. And I was just in St. Louis, by the way, this last week. I'm going to say I, I'll, I'll give it to you because it's so close and I want to be, you know, have faith. I'm going that way. All right. I'm ringing the bell here because I'm getting chicken wings. I'm going to ah, I feel so much better, Anthony. Thank you that you've uh, you've confirmed that for me. And uh, I, I feel a lot better. I'm going to be those are going to be the best 
chicken wings I've ever had. We're we're going to go to Cyberg's. I'm going to get chicken wings, and I'm going to ask them if I can get a bottle of Dom Perignon. Of course, they don't have that, but I'm going to get the most expensive bottle of something that they have because he's buying. He's buying. Hey, tell us about your podcast, Anthony Russo. How can people listen to that, and how can people follow you online? Yeah, absolutely. Blunt Force Discussion, you can find it on all the podcast platforms as well as YouTube. I'm actually having dinner tonight with Taylor Hansen. He was in the Capitol. Uh, and he was the interview I have coming up this Sunday. So go ahead and find it there, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and then as well on uh, Truth Will Set You Free is where to find our weekly news show on uh, also Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, all of them. Great. Hey, I knew you had a busy evening this evening. You stepped out to help us. I really appreciate it. Anthony Russo, uh, we're going to be checking out your podcast, and I hope to uh, check in with you after I deliciously enjoy my (laughs) chicken wings, my friend. Thank you for joining us this evening on KMOX. Always good. Take it easy, brother. Great to talk to you. Hey, I want to open the phone lines right now because – uh, what issues are important to you? I mean, we know what polling data says, but I want to hear from you. I don't want to listen to it from a pollster. I want to hear from you. What issues are important in the upcoming election? And also, are you happy with your choice of candidates this year? Um, I got to tell you, if I lived in Pennsylvania, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Dr. Oz. I really am not. So, uh, I want to hear what's on your mind, and also the, those on both the right and the left are accusing the opposite party of being a threat to democracy. Do you see it that way? 314-436-7900. Phone lines are open. Always love to hear your texts at your service on X. You know, there is no better way to start uh, the open phones this evening than to talk to Larry. Hey, Larry, my friend, it's great to talk to you, sir. First of all, it's good to talk to you. First of all, I would like to wish your wife a happy 35th birthday today. <laughs> well, you're getting a little closer. <laughs> Thank you. I will pass that along to her this evening. She's not a fan of you on the radio? Uh, she doesn't, her attitude, people ask her all the time, your husband's always on the radio. Do you listen to him? And her answer is always the same. I have to listen to him every time he's not on the radio. So, uh, she typically doesn't tune in Larry, but I will pass along your good wishes to her as soon as I get home this evening. So it's kind of like the commercial where the, the guys, the wife tells him he's got to wear that hearing aid so she can hear everything he says. It, yes, very, very much like that. Hey, what's okay. on your mind, Larry? Couple things. Okay. First of all, I'm very concerned about this early voting. I, I don't think it works well for the GOP. Who is in charge of watching these ballots? Yeah, nobody. Where do they go? Where do they go? Who 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 takes care of these ballots when they're you know? Early voting. Do you know anything about that? Well, I know that the the ballots are allegedly secured by uh, by the Department of Elections. Like, for example, it's the Secretary of State's office in Missouri that oversees that, and they secure the ballots uh, locked. They're secured. Now we don't know who has access to those, uh, and I would certainly like to know the answer to that. But at least according to officials, they're locked and kept secure. But the one thing, though, Larry, I know in years past. You are 100% correct. A surge of early voting typically meant those on the left were voting. But I've seen a lot of data here in the last couple of weeks suggesting that 
uh, the 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 right is now also taking advantage of early voting because of the enthusiasm. You know, if you look at the enthusiasm gap, uh, Republicans are far more enthusiastic to vote this year than our Democrats. And I think you're seeing some of that reflected in the surge of early voting. Okay, so that leads me on to the both of the uh, the debates last night. I watched I watched Oz and Fetterman. Mm-hmm. So if you have early voting in Pennsylvania and then they spring Fetterman on you in a debate, he, he's not really he's not capable of being a congressman. These people, the, the, our country's at stake here. This guy is not ready to be a congressman, and he displayed it last night. With his stroke, I mean, he was. Did you see any of the debate? I did. I probably watched about a third of it, and okay. uh, and and he was having trouble processing. There was no question about it. He was having problems processing. And it was scripted for him. It yes. was scripted. It was right there in front of him to read. And secondly, you know, this this governor of New York's of New York's the state of New York, Hochul, Hochul mm-hmm. she questioned Zeldin. On crime. Are you kidding me? Well, but don't you think that was a bonehead move by Hochul? Because uh, because by bringing up the crime issue, that really helps Zeldin. Zeldin's house was was broken into. He was the victim of crime. And so by Hochul asking him, it seems like uh, that was the worst thing that she could have done. Well, yeah, that's a good point. And also he had a knife or some sort of a projectile put up to his throat when he was given that speech that time a couple months ago. Lastly, I would like to say uh, I'm rooting for the Houston Astros because the owner of the Houston Astros is from Delwood, Missouri, Jimmy Crane. So I wish him well with his quest to get a second World Series. Okay. Well, I appreciate hearing that. And at least I can say I, I agree with you on everything except baseball. <laughs> Why is that? Well, I I just have a hard time rooting for the Astros given their their uh, shall we say checkered history as is regarding cheating. And yeah, um, you, that that was one instance you have to be willing to forgive. I do, and you know what? I do forgive okay. them. I do forgive okay. them, but that doesn't mean I want to root for them. And that uh, doesn't and mean Jimmy Crane had, that didn't doesn't mean Jimmy Crane had anything to do with the that, cheating. Though. That's I know, true, I but also I'm a National League guy, so I will okay. nine times well, out of ten I'll be rooting for the National League. Well, I'm saying Houston in six games. That's my projection. Well, I think that you're probably right on that, Larry. Doesn't mean that's necessarily what I want to have happen, but no, I, I, I think I think you're probably right. I I do look to see uh, Houston winning the series. Uh, Matt Pajeski, before I let you go, Larry, Matt Pajeski, any uh, predictions on the World Series? I'm probably thinking Astros in five or six. Astros in five or six. Not you're... who I want, but that's that's the likely candidate. I think. Yeah, you heard it from Matt Pajeski, Larry. You're uh, you're probably right, my friend. All right. Have a good evening. Thank you for the show. Thank you for calling in. Always, always love to hear from you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, When we're talking about the uh, the midterm elections, the question is going to become this. What happens? What happens if the, the Republicans do win? Because if you watch the mainstream media, they've got to blame something. On the left, the left has to blame somebody when the left doesn't win because it's never that they rightfully lost. That doesn't happen. It's going to have to be blaming somebody. And so I started thinking, 
whom will the the left and the mainstream media wait i'm being redundant there but whom will they blame when the Republicans win and do very well in the election in two weeks. So I brought in, and Matt Pajeski was laughing at me because I brought in this great big, it's, it's been in my basement for years. It's called the spinning wheel of blame. And I'm just going to crank up the spinning wheel of blame right now. And I want to see where it lands on uh, it. Vladimir Putin is one of the places that the media is going to place their blame on Vladimir Putin. It's all Putin's fault that the left got shellacked on November the 8th. And but for Vladimir Putin, you know, the left would have won. But it was Putin and it's all his fault has nothing to do with the fact that the left is wrong on the issues. But it's all Vladimir Putin's fault. Yeah, that's one of them. So I'm going to spin this wheel again here and see who else the uh, the left is going to blame. Let's see where that wheel's going to land. And the Saudis. That's exactly right. They're going to blame Saudi Arabia because those those nasty Saudis cut the cut the production of oil which drove up the price of gasoline and that is the only reason Democrats got shellacked on November 8th. Can't you just hear? That's a story that writes itself. And you can almost hear them doing that. So, uh, but there's a couple more because listen, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be a beating on November the 8th. Uh, I'm talking politically, not actually. Um, So we got to spread the blame around here. So I'm going to spin the wheel of blame one more time and I'm going to see where this lands. Whom else? Will the left blame white suburban women? Yes, because we've seen polling data showing that although white suburban women voted heavily against Trump uh, in 2020, they're swinging back to Republicans because of inflation, because of economy and economic issues. But the left and the media will blame white women by saying, why didn't you vote against Republicans? Don't you know that your right to choose is being threatened? Don't you, didn't you see how Roe versus Wade was overturned? And they're going to blame white women for not continuing to flock to the left uh, when it comes uh, to Roe versus Wade issues, when it comes to the so-called right to choose. And, you know, I've got just a minute here. I'm going to spin the wheel one more time and see what... Other, whom else can we blame? Uh, let's see. There's, uh, it's, oh, it's the vote, all voters. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're going to, they're going to blame all voters because you just don't understand that our democracy is at risk. That, and I, and folks, I'm not making that up. In fact, uh, a columnist just today from the Washington Post, Max Boot, uh, wrote that the only I'm reading I'm quoting here the only way to save democracy is to vote Democrat. Now you will need to literally save democracy by voting for Democrats. Unquote. That's the that's a columnist for the Washington Post. And yes, if the left or should I say when the left gets shellacked on November the eighth, the voters you will be blamed for not being smart enough to realize the genius of progressivism. And uh, so just just get ready. If you fit that bill, you're going to be on the wheel of blame. What do you think? What issues are important to you on the midterm? 
Uh, do you think democracy is literally at stake? Is it? Is it really? Uh, what What do you think? At your service means we want to hear from you. We do have to take a break here to pay for Matt Pajeski's confiscatorily high salary. So when we come back from this Profit Center break, more from you, your calls and texts next on At Your Service. Well, you probably heard that the the Waukesha killer, Daryl Brooks, he was convicted today on basically on everything. Uh, He was uh, convicted of killing six people when he drove his SUV into a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, last November. And if you watched any of this trial, you'll understand why there's the phrase that the person who represents himself has a fool for a client. And that was clearly on parade. Uh, Sorry to mention parade since it was the Christmas parade. I'm not trying to be funny, but he should never have represented himself. In fact, he had court-appointed attorneys that he fired three days before the trial, just so you know. And, And what's interesting is, as I was researching this today, Wisconsin actually has a statute that allows you to represent yourself if you want to. And and I'm in in agreement with that. But when you saw his antics in the trial, and the antics were were many, um, as I was watching some of the highlights of the trial, because I I got to work during the day, so I was watching highlights, he was taking off his shirt in court. He was arguing with the judge on everything. If if anyone referred to him as Daryl Brooks, he would scream, that's not my name. Well, of course, it's your name, pal. And so, uh, but my favorite was this, that when he would start yelling at the judge, and by the way, this Judge Doro, she did an amazing job. She was uh, she was fantastic in handling this guy. I don't know how she had that level of experience, but she did a masterful job of handling a disruptive defendant. But when he got extremely uh, disruptive, what she would do is that she would excuse the jury from the courtroom. And then once the jury was excused, she would banish him to like a timeout courtroom next door. You're in timeout, dude. And she would put him in this courtroom with a camera uh, and a microphone. And then she would bring the jury back in. And she did that. So when he went and launched into these tirades, she could mute him, which is which is really something that my wife has wanted to do for me for years, you know, have a mute button just to stop me from talking. But uh, but that's what she did. And uh, and I don't think that this case is going to be overturned on appeal. I can guess, I can, I can almost tell you exactly what the grounds for an appeal will be. And I do expect him to go back to getting a court-appointed attorney because there's no way, there is no way that Brooks is going to be able to write an appellate brief. Those things are difficult. I I write them frequently, and they are hard to put together. So, in fact, someone texted in pro se. Yeah, he was was pro se representing himself. That's exactly what he was doing, and it wasn't working out for him. Uh, But on appeal, here's, here's what I think the grounds for the appeal will be. First of all, I think that that he's going to charge that he was not competent to represent himself. 
and all of his antics during the trial, the outbursts, the screaming, the refusing to acknowledge his name. In one instance, when he was in that other courtroom, he not only took off his shirt, but when the judge gave him a piece of paper to hold up for when he was objecting to something, he shoved it down his pants, which I'm sure was a statement of some type. Uh, And that's all going to try to show that he was not competent to stand trial, even though he was examined by a psychiatrist before the trial and the psychiatrist said he's competent to stand trial. So but that's going to be a focus of the appeal. And the other focus of the appeal is going to be three focuses that as far as I could see, the second one is going to be whether or not the judge should have appointed an attorney to stand by and take over if necessary. Now, we've seen this done before in cases where wacko criminal defendants represent themselves, and they said, I'm firing my attorney. Okay, that's your right. But the judge also has the right to say, I'm going to have an attorney sit in here and be ready to step in, kind of like if you ever watched professional wrestling. Okay, there's always a guy that's on the other side going, tag me in, tag me in, man. You know, I can come in and help you tag me in. So you're going to have a tag in lawyer. Now, it's not going to look like Dwayne Johnson or anything like that. It's going to be, you know, some scrawny guy uh, in a suit who probably hasn't eaten and he smokes too many cigarettes and he drinks too much. But he's on the side ready to come in. And uh, the judge could have done that, but she chose not to. So that's going to be a contention on appeal. The third and final element that I see as being the focus of the appeal is going to be the judge's decision to remove Brooks from the courtroom. Because the argument could be that he, that Brooks was denied a fair trial because he was not allowed to participate in his own trial. His argument would be, and I'll tell you the flip side in a moment, but his argument would be, well, listen, I couldn't defend myself. I did not have what we call a, a right to due process. My right to due process was violated because I couldn't have a fair trial because the judge removed me to the timeout courtroom next door. So I couldn't participate in the trial. I couldn't cross-examine witnesses. I couldn't object to questions from the prosecution. Uh, I could not do those things that we call due process because the judge removed me from the courtroom. Now, even though that will be an element on appeal, I'm telling you right now, folks, that will not fly on appeal. And let me tell you why. The judge was brilliant. She allowed him to speak. Even when he was doing these outbursts, she would allow him a lot of time to speak. And and therefore, it's going to overcome any objection that she didn't allow him due process. And when she did decide to remove him from the courtroom... She did so outside of the presence of the jury. She would excuse the jury. She would remove them to the timeout courtroom and then bring the jury back in. So for all of those reasons, even though this guy will file an appeal, it will not be successful. And uh, this guy's going to be locked up for the rest of his life. It is a mandatory life sentence for all of these murders without the possibility of parole. And unlike the previous times when he was convicted of lots of of crimes and the prosecutors kept letting him go this time he's in for good yep even got a text brooks is simply the embodiment of evil yes he is brad young at your service next hour dr michael lynch we'll be right back 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.